This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Good morning, Christopher Robin. Oh, good morning, Winnie the Pooh. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today, because the mall's closed and so retail therapy isn't really an option. Wait, what? It shouldn't, shouldn't be an option anyway. God, you guys suck. Okay, so because retail therapy shouldn't be an option, we'll discuss financial health and self-care. Are money struggles signs of bigger issues? To help us with this discussion from Sophia Financial, please welcome financial planner Stephanie McCullough. And from this very podcast, we're going to treat you to the one, the only, the original OG. And finally, he's the guy taking a break from working on his annual sandwich study from LenPenzo.com. It's Oscar Meyer. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's Len Penzo. And of course, this wouldn't be a show if we didn't magnify a listener's money or treat you to some delectable trivia. And now, a guy whose idea of self-care is a day without spreadsheets, Joe Salcihai. Yes, it is. I am the anti-spreadsheet guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Bunny on Twitter. And, man, we got a great show for you today because we're talking self-care. And the guy who's all about self-care sitting across the card table from me, make sure he always, always takes care of himself, Mr. OG. Do you remember when we did that uh, little outro thing about the... Uh me getting ready and the Fiji water bit. Do you remember that from years ago? Yeah, we still play that as an intro. Oh, do, do we? 
Because somebody called me about it. They're like, this was pretty funny. And it sounded just like what you would do. It totally is you. This <laughs> is the this Fiji is, water. This is tap water. I want Fiji water. Uh, man, you ready for the weekend? I was born ready. Yes. Well, guess what? A guy who's... Feels like the weekend's almost already here, actually. <laughs> it totally does. But it's funny. Isn't it all a malaise now? Like, there is no, like, weekend day, weekday day. It just is. It's a day. We're having a Every day. Every day is Wednesday. Then we have a, yes, we have another day. Well, I prefer Friday. Every day's Friday. Cheryl's like, it's Monday. I'm like, well, in a Friday kind of way, it's Monday. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> and the guy who's been ready for, say that too. <laughs> guy's been ready for a long time, ready for the zombie apocalypse that is from deep under Los Angeles, California, it's Len Penzo. You know, it's my idea of a great self-care day, and it is today, by the way. I'm uh, getting a, another shipment of freeze-dried food. Are you kidding uh, me? 25-year shelf life. Uh, life is good, folks. I'm going to put that right next to my 186 serving macaroni and cheese in a uh, five-gallon <laughs> bucket that I got from Costco. We are set. I bet when the coronavirus hit, Len, you're, you said to the honeybee, you're like, this is it. This is it. Here come the locusts. Chops, wasn't he? You know, there, there was the big toilet paper shortage, and, and I already had three giant Costco rolls, you know, the, the 36 packs already. So I was already, uh, what's that, 36 times three? I already had 108 rolls before, on top of what we normally have. So I can see yeah, you. If you just do it. If you just do the 25 year <laughs> thing, Len, you're actually pretty smart about that. You only have to do that maybe like three times in your life. You know, because once well, you, you know get what? as old no. as you are, you probably one <laughs> one thing. You just do this one time, and you're never gonna have to worry about. It. Because seriously, well, I mean, I, you know, it's a freeze dried mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's a dig, but 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 listen, you know, when you're like 80, if you had to get into the 25 year shelf life food when you're 80, do you really go like, well, this is probably expired? I mean, it's just as expired as you are, so you just eat it, right? You just like whatever. <laughs> you never have to buy this food again. How great is oh, that? The, hey. Amen, OG. Amen, brother. <laughs> I bet when this you know whole back on the toilet paper thing, though, you know, we were I, there was a point here about a month ago where the honeybee and I we were actually we were counting toilet paper. Okay, let's uh, we're going to go through the family toilet paper usage for a week. So we had it all down, and we realized, you know what, we're good for a year and a half, basically. Wait a minute, I don't keep any spreadsheet at all, or I hate keeping spreadsheets. You have a toilet paper spreadsheet. How many squares? Uh, <laughs> squares per. It was. Not a spreadsheet of that, but there were calculations done to determine <laughs> how long our toilet paper stores would last. There were it's like a prison in Lens Bath. <laughs> There's just like little tick marks. <laughs> there were there I won't say there was a spreadsheet, but I will say there were motivational speeches. <laughs> you know what? Also I was paying more attention to how many sheets you use per you know what I'm saying? Like how many time how many sheets per the, uh, the two ply movement, ply. I guess. I gotta say, new listeners have no idea what the hell's going on right now. They're like, is this a finance show? What the hell are we talking about? Another person who has no idea what the hell we're doing right now, back again for more fun. Actually, she's the one that makes the show fun from Philadelphia. It's her good friend Stephanie McCullough. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I heard a rumor that not only are you a phenomenal financial planner, but you are also now getting into the podcasting business. Yeah, I had to follow in your footsteps, Joe. Yeah, you're coming after all this big podcasting money, Stephanie. <laughs> That's exactly the motivation. <laughs> well, well, tell everybody what the show is going to be about, because you guys are launching not that long from now. 
Yeah, probably a couple of weeks. We're calling it Take Back Retirement. We're really aiming to speak to women 50 and better who were looking toward this next chapter, whatever it might hold and feeling a little anxiety. So, you know, talking about the money stuff, but everything else too. Yeah, well, that's what you do in your practice too, though, right? Because as you and I have talked about before when you've been on the show, it's all the same stuff. Exactly. Money touches all the most important parts of your life. So you can't figure out what to do with the money unless you talk about the other stuff. Well, we're glad you're here with us to save the show, Stephanie. We're also glad you're here because we're talking about self-care today. And I thought, who better to talk about that than Stephanie McCullough? Because, uh, well, Ann Len and OG. So uh, why don't we get this party started? Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. Our piece today comes to us from The Wealth Twins. Learning how to master your finances is a form of self-care. This is written by Nadia B. over there. And it's cool. This is the first time that we've shared a piece from this blog, but it's a really neat blog. Nadia and Nicole run it. And uh, they write about financial excellence and bringing your wealth to the next level. So this piece, I'm going to read the beginning of it. I don't think we need to read the whole thing. It says, when you think of self-care, we bet mastering your finances is not the first thing that comes to mind. You might think it's getting your nails done, getting a massage, or going to the gym. All these things are nice, but they don't solve what we think is the underlying problem. We believe the real reason many people need self-care is because they have limited choices. Limited choices lead you to feel like you need an escape from your situation. Self-care is a way to escape and gain temporary control of the life you want. However, if you really want to take care of yourself and have the life you really want, then you need to master your finances. We once heard Deanna Brodus say, when the pain to stay the same is greater than the pain to change, you will do what you need to do to get better. That really resonated with us because it's true. However, in order to make a change, you have to first realize that you're suffering. And then she talks about our lack of choices experience. Two things that made us realize that a lack of choices was a form of suffering were, number one, our mother's financial situation, and number two, our neighborhood. When it comes to mom, they talk about how mom did the best she could, but she made very little money, had no time for herself, and was constantly stressed out. Her poverty led to a lack of choices in housing, child care, health care, food, and entertainment. A lack of choices led her to have a lower quality life. In our neighborhood, we saw a lot of people dealing with issues we believe were actually financial problems masquerading as mental and physical health problems. They really didn't have the means to do self-care and therefore never got a break from the everyday problems. Not having ways to alleviate the situation caused some we knew to just break down in one way or another. Additionally, growing up poor gave us a ton of stress and pressure to perform. Our diets weren't great, and due to endless arguments about money, we lost sleep. We developed weight problems, asthma, and always wanted to escape our environment. However, today we no longer suffer from those things, and our lives feel 10 times greater. And then they talk about what changed, and what changed first was their mental mindset, and then along with their mindset came uh, financial security. With financial security, then came better self-care. You know, let's start with you, Mr. Penzo, because you talk a lot at LenPenzo.com about choices, right? About life as a series of choices. And what's interesting that they really get into here is the fact that they thought that they didn't have enough choices. And yet it wasn't the limit of choices. It was choosing that right choice that was really the key to, to solving their problem. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah. Basically, I think what this whole article boils down to is you open up your choices if you make the first right choice. Before you can have a lot of choices, you've got to make that first right choice. What's that first right choice? It's 
paying attention to your finances, making sure you spend less than you earn and you manage your money and you do that. And the rest of everything else seems to fall into place. And I think really, I thought that was a great point. The first, you got to make that first step and it's got to be the right first step. I feel that way too, Stephanie. However, what Len's saying, you know, as I think about that, is that a little bit of an oversimplification because making that making that choice, especially when you're not sure when you're, where your money's coming from tomorrow to do better with your money, is it more difficult than what Len's talking about? I think it is difficult because of the head trash we carry around. For so many women, especially that I talk to, the prospect of looking at their finances feels like the opposite of a self-care day because they're shaming themselves. They haven't saved enough. They should have gotten out of that credit card debt. They shouldn't have spent so much money on whatever it was last month. So it's the it's the self-talk that kind of drags us down and makes it feel scarier. That is interesting, OG. We do carry a lot of shame around with us. Yeah. And I think the, you said self-talk there for a second. And I think that's when you start asking really bad questions. You know, our friend Tony Robbins would say, if you want better answers, you got to ask better questions. If you, if you step on the scale and go, oh, why am I so fat? You know, your brain goes, cause you eat like a pig. Like that's just, and you know, and you feel bad about that. If you look at your credit card statement and you go, gosh, why am I so broke? Your brain answers it and says, because you're a dummy with money. Instead, you want to ask different questions. You want to ask the question of like, what do I got to do to change this? Or what's like Len said, what small change can I make today that will be this compound effect that I can that I can jump off of? And sometimes it's just as simple as just taking inventory of the situation, being okay with here's where I am. Here's the, the facts are the facts that you can't go back in time. You can't undo stuff. I mean, you can start fixing things. You can start selling Xboxes and video games and extra stuff. You know, if you feel felt that your closet's too full, uh, that's fine. You can do all that, but you got to take inventory of it first. It is where you are. And instead of saying, why am I in such a bad spot? Instead say, now, what do I have to do today? What small thing can I do today? And and Nadia talks about a couple of small things, but you know, what small thing can I do today to start that snowball in the right direction? I mean, that, that really makes sense to me. But Len, so if it makes sense to me, why the hell don't more of us do that? You know, that's a – I think a lot – I mean, it sounds like – second nature to us, but it's not. I mean, none of us are born. None of us are born knowing how to manage our income and our outgo. You you just, you know, you go through life, you're a teenager, you, you graduate from high school, you might get a job, you might have some side jobs. Life starts, you're making an income. But, you know, unless somebody's told you, your parents or somebody at school, which they don't teach this stuff at school, I mean, it's totally understandable that manage, you know, you have to man, you're a business, you, you are your own business and you have to treat yourself, your finances, your household like a business. And I, you know, I'm a big preacher of that as well. You treat your household like a business. And if you don't, I mean, you just don't know it. Somebody's got to tell you that we're not born with that. I know it's second nature to us. We're personal finance people, but uh, it's just not second nature. Stephanie, you're nodding your head. I am. And I think Yes, no one teaches us this stuff. We're not born knowing it. And on top of that, there's science that proves that our brains are bad at money, like literally the way our brains work. There's, for one example, there's two different parts of your brain that think about a reward in the present moment versus a reward in the future. There are literally two different parts of your brain that light up when you're having those thoughts. And guess which one's stronger? 
of thinking about that piece of chocolate cake as opposed to losing five pounds in a month. So we're wired to shoot ourselves in the foot, which to me, when I share that with groups, I love to say, you know, let's leave the shame and blame behind because it's not a character flaw. It's biology. See, my brain, Stephanie, is not on either or with the chocolate cake and the five pounds. <laughs> I, I'm like, if I eat the chocolate cake now, it makes the mountain worth it later. I can go ahead and <laughs> I can I can climb the whole mountain then. You can't eat it tomorrow if you ate it today. Already. I know, right? <laughs> You're saving yourself. But I have the memories. I have the, we had a guest on last week that talked about the experience factor on Monday about the experience. You know, I've got these, the experience of eating the chocolate cake that I can remember now. I don't, I don't, I don't need to delay gratification, but seriously, is this the reason though, Stephanie, staying with you, the financial planners will have you then, you know, get more uh, granular about what your goals are in the future. Is it to try to make it so it feels the same as that chocolate cake today? I think you're right. Yeah. And I even encourage people to do an exercise called a conversation with your future self, where you really try to visualize, okay, here's me at 70 and here's where I want to be living. And here's the things I want to be thinking about and the things I don't want to be worrying about, right? You kind of have to trick yourself to make it feel that much more real and weighty. OG's done an exercise like that called, where does Mrs. OG say I'm going to be at 70? I'm living to be 140. So that's uh, halfway done at 70. <laughs> that, that is that is halfway done. Uh, seriously, you know, you were talking earlier, OG, about changing the talk and asking the questions. But part of that, I wonder, is it the surround sound that you're surrounding yourself with then? Well, I mean, it, it has to be. It's It has to be the the things that you listen to, the experiences that you're that you're enjoying or not enjoying in your day to day life. And, you know, there's that uh, saying that you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most and that sort of stuff. And to some extent, that's, you know, kind of true, I suppose. But if you want better money habits, you got to do the things that better money habit people do. You know, you have to behave in that way. There's already the formula. You know, we were talking about chocolate cake, which had me daydreaming for a little bit. So I apologize. But um, there's a chocolate cake recipe that we use all the time at our house. And every time my wife tries to make something different, I go, well, just make the chocolate cake. And she's like, well, I, I'm going to try something different. I go, why would you want to try something different? We already know the outcome of this perfectly delicious chocolate cake. So there's tons and tons of resources and people get hung up on the semantics of it, you know, but some of these tried and true things like spend less than you make. You don't see any billionaires who are like, you know what you should do? Spend 10, 12% more than you make every year. That's how you become wealthy. <laughs> no, they spend less. You know, they have business ownership. There's just some common formulas just, you know, and you can look at that and you can start emulating it even if you're not there yet. You know, even if you're not making a whole bunch of money, you can do it with little bits of money. Obviously, moving from poverty and a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle, a lot more to it than just envisioning. And at the bottom of this piece, they have some steps. I want to walk through some of these steps that they have. First one was spend the weekend taking care of your credit. So somebody that probably has never looked at their credit before, take care of that. Uh, Len, you look skeptical when I said that. Do you think step one is take care of your credit? No, I don't. I think that's the last thing. I think if you do the other things, the credit will take care of itself. So, that, um, and I will say there's one little error in this too. It says everyone's entitled to one free credit report per year. Really, you're entitled to three free credit reports per year. You one, it's one for each agency. So uh, if you play your cards right, 
you can get a free credit report every four months by going to um, – and now I'm going to testing myself as Equifax, TransUnion, and uh, come on, come on, the other one. Hold on, hold on. Experian? Let's see if I is it ex- <laughs> experience. <laughs> I got it. That's what it is. It really, you can get three times per year, every four months, if you want to spread. I mean, you can get them all at once if you want, but I mean, why? Spread them out every four months, and you can keep track of your credit every four months. So, uh, just a free tip for you there. I don't like that either, here, Stephanie, because I feel like we just talked about trying to break this cycle and not going after the short-term goals and immediately job one here. I mean, I love the direction of this piece, but hey, get your credit in order. And I think a lot of people, if especially if they're in that poverty cycle, like I used to be, I get my credit in order. That means I can go buy something. <laughs> that is the dangerous part. I think I like their second tip better, the pay yourself first, right? Start setting yourself up so that some of your dollars go to future you instead of today you or even yesterday you, which is paying off that debt. But step one, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, Stephanie. What do I do to actually set money aside? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, to me, step one is understanding where it all goes. You literally have to see where every single dollar goes every month. And that doesn't feel like a fun exercise, but knowledge is power and that which is measured changes. So if you look at it, it gives you the power. Have you seen some usual suspects when you work with people on that? Oh, well, you know, there's so many of those anymore. You know, we can sign up for subscriptions and then totally forget about them. You know, it used to just be the gym that I went to three times and then kept for three years. But now it's, you know, some online subscription that I kind of forgot about or a streaming service because I wanted to watch that one show and now I've still got it. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So much of our spending is invisible. So you just you have to log on and look at your statements to see where it's going. You're not handing over dollar bills anymore. There's a guy I know who did that gym thing and his name rhymes with OG. Except I bought a Peloton, so slash coat hanger. And you actually do use the Peloton now. I do. I do love my Peloton. Yes. And even my wife's starting to use it now, which is great. And even better than buying a Peloton was buying Peloton stock. It's not not an endorsement for Peloton stock. Don't get all crazy, people. But it happens to be up 200 and something percent. So Len OG, when I was at his house, when he's on his Peloton and the instructor's really kicking it up a notch, he's like, whoa, 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 I own this company. It's like yelling at the person. You got to slow this down. Pause. <laughs> Hit pause and come back an hour later. It doesn't really go like that, does it? No. Uh, next up, Mr. Penzo, make the decision to pay more than the minimum on your credit cards. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's a sucker bet. If you pay the minimum on your credit cards, that's the equivalent of playing Keno in Vegas or something. You know, it's just it's designed to really the only persons that win from that. The only is the credit card company. I I can't remember. I don't have the numbers here, but it's something like if you pay the minimum on your credit card, it will take, believe it or not, like 20 years to pay off your pay. You know, if you have a high enough. uh, If you're all uh, maxed out. Yeah, if you're maxed out, it'll take like 22 years to pay everything off. And then remember, that's not just what you've originally paid, right? That's all the interest over those years. And you end up paying like, you know, multiple multiples of what you borrowed. So don't ever pay the minimum. Matter of fact, please only charge on your credit cards what you can pay off at the end of the month. Even if you can only afford to pay the minimum right now, stop the cycle by not using it anymore. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, that is that is my favorite right there. Uh, do you have a way, Len, that you'd like people to start off doing that? You like the Dave Ramsey method? Pay it to the smallest one first. Knock that out. Get a big win no, under your... I've, I've, 
No, I've, to me, it's pay the highest interest rate one first. Um, I understand there's people who need that that psychological bump of paying off an account, you know, first. But uh, I mean, mathematically, you want to pay off the higher interest ones first. Yeah, Stephanie, you agree with that? I do. And the trick is, and I think this is where some people get tripped up, is that once one of them's paid off, you have to redirect those dollars oh, that yeah. were going to the one that's gone to the next one. And that's how you finally get the effect. But if you all of a sudden say, hey, I've got 200 extra bucks each month, I can go spend. No, 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 no. That's not the plan. Somebody's got a very happy cat. Oh, sorry. That's me. <laughs> that is awesome. She's actually old and senile. She's not happy. <laughs> oh, that's sad. It's going to be four or five years from now, Stephanie. We're going to be saying that about Len. <laughs> like, oh, he's old and senile. Just says whatever. Uncle Len. Uh, OG, invest, invest, invest. It's true when they say, it says here, the best time to invest was yesterday. Second best is today. I think they got that from you. That's not exactly the saying, but it's close. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years ago is the, is the actual saying. But this just goes hand in hand with the uh, debt pay down. It's like people say, well, what do I do first? It's like, yes, <laughs> you have to do both. You have to do all of this. You know, you can't do half of any of it. You've got to invest money and it's got to be something systematic that is um, easily forgotten about. If you're in a situation where you're going to be, you know, spending the extra 200 bucks because you just paid off a credit card, you better get that out of your fingers pretty quickly, you know, and use opportunities if you're fortunate enough to have uh, larger compensation checks from time to time. Maybe you get a profit sharing check or, or a bonus or a commission or something like that. Just live your life on the on the salary stuff. And if you get a bonus, just do all of your savings and investing from that. You know, you'll probably end up saving and investing more than you would otherwise. And it gives you the out if you have a crappy year, because then you don't have to like totally change up your lifestyle. If you miss one year or two years out of a light out of out of your work history from saving and investing, it's not the end of the world. What ends up being an issue is you make five grand a month. And then every so often you get a $5,000 bonus. And so you're used to spending, you know, $65,000 a year and there's no savings opportunities. So just build it that way as best as you can. Uh, let's, uh, talk about our takeaways from this piece and the conversation on self-care through better financial self-care. Uh, Mr. Penzo, you want to lead it off? Yeah. Um, the key here is knowing where you're at. So take stock of where you're at financially, your income and your outgo. Look at it, evaluate where you're at, and, and then you can from there you can make your plan to how you're going to turn your, your finances around and, and have a great future. OG? Yeah, just small steps along the way is all you have to do. Automate it. Do one thing today. Do one thing 30 days from now. Do one thing 30 days after that. The more that you can just automate it, the more you can put rules in place that you don't have to think about it, the more likely you are to be successful. And we'll give our guest of honor, Stephanie, the last word. I really like Nadia's premise here that if we can shift our mindset so that we think taking care of our money is self-care because it then gives us those choices, that can make all the other little stuff that we've been talking about that much easier. And it feels like a form of care and liberation as opposed to drudgery. Hey, Len, do you own a power washer? 
actually, no, I don't. You know what it is? I have a hose and I put my thumb over it. That's my, that's my, uh, <laughs> turn it up full blast and put my thumb over the, that's my power wash. I've done that before, but doesn't your thumb hurt like hell after like 30 seconds? Yes, it does. Yeah, it actually gets paralyzed actually. It's absolutely horrible. Stephanie, you have a power washer? I don't, but my next door neighbor has like three different kinds. There it is. Either move into a neighborhood where the next door neighbor has everything and then bring them chocolate cake or whatever the heck it is and then use their power washer or listen to this. There's a great new segment we're going to talk about here on our Friday FinTech segment. We don't know anything about these companies, guys. We just find these cool ideas. We learn about them together. And this founder, Stefan Cordova, had a great idea called friendwitha.com. So it might be a friend with a power washer, a chainsaw, a friend with roller skates, maybe a friend with a skateboard, who knows. But you put things up to rent and people rent them for you. So whether you've got a bunch of stuff that you'd like to rent, make a little money, or you're somebody who doesn't want to buy a power washer, uh, this segment's for you. Let's say hi to the founder of friendwitha.com, Stefan Cordova. And on my dad's shortwave radio, it's my new friend, Stefan Cordova. How are you, man? Pretty good, Joe. How you doing? Well, I'm, I'm fantastic, except to pull the curtain back a little bit. You and I recorded this once before. The file was corrupt, so everybody gets to hear you do this again, which is cool because I like hearing about friendwitha.com because it's such an innovative site. How did you come up with the site? Uh, let's see. So... Trying to think like, okay, yeah, we did do this, you know, before and now I'm like, okay, like, what did I say before, you know, like, how can we recreate this magic that happened that first time? Uh, this is, right. this is the magic, man. This one's the magic. Yeah, all right. The short version is uh, one of my girlfriends was saying, hey, I wish I uh, had a friend with a boat. And I was like, you know what? This is like the fifth time I've heard this. Why is there, you know, and it, it was summer in Seattle. Um, we have beautiful summers here. I was that guy with a boat at one point. Or not, I didn't have the boat, but I had a friend with a boat. You know, we were the guys like, hey, we need to get girls to come on the boat. So I was like, this could be a great idea right here. Like, why is there not an app out there to get girls, guys? And so it was actually going to be a little bit more family friendly than that. But my, <laughs> my friends were calling it Tinder for Boats to start out with. So, um, yeah, that's kind of uh, that, that's the short version. You were going to be Stefan, Julie, the cruise director. I don't know if you remember that analogy from the love boat, but you were going to be the person that had the parties on the boat and it wasn't even going to be your boat. It was going to be somebody else's boat, which makes it even better. Exactly. Um, no, I, I yeah, not, not sure on the, the Julie, the cruise director uh, line right there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of uh, the concept was like not an entire boat, but just a space on a boat. Like that was going to be the original name was Boaties right there. Yeah. And just find your friend with the boat. And then how did that morph then into friend with a, was it because then all of a sudden, instead of a boat, you need to chainsaw. You're like, wait a minute. It could be boat, chainsaw, roller skates, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I guess when I came up with the original idea, maybe I'd had like one or two drinks in me. When I, was friend. You know, I hadn't really thought out like all of the business logistics behind it. Um, so did uh, look into it for a little bit and then I uh, figured out, you know what, this is going to be maybe who, who knows, maybe someone better than me actually could come up with this business model. But uh, when I looked into it for a little bit, there was quite a few challenges in there. And so it's like, you know what, maybe this wouldn't be the best business to go forward with. But it was right around that time uh, that I was house sitting uh, for my neighbor's uh, neighbor's house right there, about a mile away from where I grew, grew up. 
and they had their own little sharing economy in there. So uh, I was, you know, kind of in the sharing economy mindset. And then I was like, wait, so here, like there's this own sharing economy going, like everyone shared one riding lawnmower. There was like 10 neighbors. It was common sight to see the riding lawnmower just cruising down the neighborhood. <laughs> um, and there was, you know, you would just go to the neighbor's house, pick up some tools, whatever you needed, chainsaw. And this is like a mile away from where I grew up. And my mom, she likes her neighbor, but she would not go ask her neighbor like, hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? And at one point her lawnmower broke and she was driving to Home Depot to go pick it up, uh, driving home, charging her $20 an hour. She was just drenched in sweat. I was like off in school at this time. If she was lucky, three hours, but most likely four hours, spending $80 when here it is just a mile away. This is like just going on. These neighbors have built this own little sharing company. It's like, okay, how is that going on here, but not just a mile away? How can we recreate this? And you know what? Maybe there's just more than the from with a boat. Maybe there's the from with the lawnmower, the chainsaw, uh, sports equipment, you know, whatever that is that you want to be sharing. So that's kind of how uh, from with the boat really morphed into from with the dot, dot, dot. I would have to believe, Stefan, that people prefer to borrow stuff from regular people instead of go down to Home Depot anyway. Like like I would much I would much rather help out my friend. They make a few dollars. I get to use the chainsaw or whatever it is for a couple hours. And I think I'm probably even, and this is horrible to say, but I think I'm probably a little more likely to take care of the thing if I know that somebody else owns it instead of it's just been beaten up. It's like, you know, you drive the rental car a little harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, that's what we've kind of really seen is like a really a community develop around this. It's when people are borrowing this equipment, uh, sometimes, you know, they're not really experts in it. And so really just kind of getting that guidance that, uh, uh, you know, like, hey, you know, I don't own this piece of equipment. I really want to get into it. Maybe I'm uh, looking to get into this sport or just whatever. I just need to do this project right here. And so then they get that uh, really that just one on one personal connection right there with that person and just really kind of creates a whole community around it. And, um, you know, I kind of alluded to say, like, we had a good relationship with our neighbors, but the thing was, like, we didn't want to be a mooch, you know, yeah. like, you hate me and that neighbor, like, Hey, can I borrow this? Hey, can I borrow that? And, you know, then, you know, they're, they're going to say, Oh no, you know, like, or they'll, they'll say yes, but then they're going to, you want to, you know, pay them somehow, but they're not going to accept payment. And so it's like, here, just, you know, can I buy you, here's a gift card, you know, then it kind of gets weird right there. It's, <laughs> you know, money is just easy, you know, like just here, like I'm happy to pay for it, you know, and someone's on there, they're happy to receive it. So um, it's kind of a win-win, you know, win. So you build community, you build, um, and it's a good relationship for both the person lending it and for the person borrowing it. Absolutely. I think of some of the things in my garage and I could have been making money off them the whole time and did not. And then I think about people that might use, you know, I used the chainsaw earlier, might use a chainsaw once every four years. So why the heck do I go spend all the money buying one? Let's walk through how it works and stuff. And so I go to friendwitha.com, which makes it platform agnostic, but tell me what I do. Yeah. So if you're looking to rent out some of your own equipment, uh, you just go on there, sign up for an account, enter in a few details like email, phone. Uh, we verify everyone that comes on the site um, to verify the trust and safety of everyone um, renting from each other. And then just go and um, 
Well, you list your item. Just make sure you take a few pictures, well-lit, high-quality photos right there. They go a long way in just, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, when things are online, you can't really see them. So they just got to be really high quality. List your item, enter in a few uh, details like the for the insurance, um, like what you purchased the item for, condition, how many years you've owned it, and then you're good to go. And I got to believe the quality of those pictures is pretty important. You should probably spend a little time taking good pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. Just make sure, uh, you know, it is a real item. People, they can spot when it's just kind of uh, a template or when, you you know, when it's not your item right there. And they can also see, all right, uh, if this isn't in a well-lit area, it just like, you're kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) know? Like all of a sudden you kind of just, that's a huge thing that we've had to uh, focus on is just, um, you know, really encouraging people to take those high quality photos because you only have to do it once. And then once you're done, it kind of just sits on there and, um, you know, you can just sit back and let people, let the rental requests come in after that. And I'm surprised by the big range. When I first uh, went to friendwitha.com, I was very surprised by the range of items. I mean, not just tools like we've been talking about, but photography, sports gear. Uh, what are some of the the things that are atypical that you find people want to rent a lot? I don't know if they're atypical, but uh, for sure the high-end sports equipment is some of the best renting gear on our site. So, um, yeah, a couple pieces that are like the, the high-end electrical sports gear. Um, it's, so we got this uh, cool thing. It's called a one-wheel. Uh, people love renting these out on the site. So it's like a self-balancing electric skateboard. Um, it goes 18 miles on a charge. You'll just... You're just going around there. I mean, it looks like something from like back to, you know, back to the future right there, you know, <laughs> just like, like a hoverboard kind of thing, you know, it's like surfing, you know, snowboarding on land and everything. But um, yeah, they're, they're super expensive. They can run you up to $2,000 right wow. there. So they're amazing, but you know, for someone to just try it, try this sport out um, or if they're traveling, you know, and they want to go explore a new city right there. Um, it's like a step, step, step up from a just kind of riding yeah. scooter. Yeah. And and then if I'm pricing my stuff, do I set the price? Do you guys have suggested prices? How does pricing it work? Uh, so what we usually do is just say, look at what your typical rental house is renting a piece of equipment for. You know, we suggest around 60% of that uh, price right there because you're not a well-known business just yet. Um, you want to make sure that it's, uh, you know, worth it for a person that's borrowing it because, you know, businesses, they spend a lot of time developing that reputation, that credibility, building reviews. So once you get a few more reviews under there um, and people know that, hey, this person's reliable, you know, they're trustworthy, then you can really bump that price up. But when you're just kind of starting out, kind of have to start from, yeah. you know, nowhere and then work up from there. Yeah, almost like, uh, you know, when, when you start on eBay, right? I mean, you got to build a reputation and then and then people will know. Uh, you have a fully vetted community, ID and background checks for everybody. There also is property coverage, liability waivers, and personal liability guarantees. And I found that all fascinating. Tell me about the insurance aspect. Yeah. Um, so one of the largest part, um, and it makes, just makes renting super challenging right there because sure. uh, that's why you can't just go onto Facebook and go or Craigslist and say, hey, I want to rent this item out. You know, you have to do all the vetting to make sure that person is safe. You have to have that 
property damage, that um, liability waivers, the liability insurance right there, just to make sure that, hey, if something goes wrong with this item, not only if it breaks, but if the person hurts themselves, you know, making sure that I'm going through proper protocols to make sure that I'm maintaining this equipment properly, that I'm covered myself. Um, so we really build all that process into it. So, you know, if someone breaks your lawnmower, breaks your chainsaw, your um, one wheel right there, uh, steals it, we cover all of that. Um, you know, we really vet the person um, pretty thoroughly before they come on. Uh, make sure there's no criminal background history on them. Make sure that um, you know that they are the person that says they are. Um, and then, really, on some of the items, you know, and this is a work in process. But just educating that person on how to use that item. Uh, yeah, that's a huge thing. You know, is just making sure the person knows how to use it, you know, so like you said, they're not just going to take your rental equipment, you know, and just bash the shit after <laughs> right. it, like, you know, like that, that they actually take care, that they know what could cause damage, what's not going to, how to use it, you know, properly to take full advantage of the item that you're renting. The site is friendwitha.com. I think it's just a brilliant concept. Stefan, thanks for sharing with us a little bit about it. By the way, uh, just one quick point. It's funny. So you make an 80s reference and I get it. Back to the future yeah. with the one wheel. I make a 70s TV reference. So so we can see where the dividing line is right there. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that was my uh, birthday right there. Right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Go back. Yeah, and right watch. In like that millennial, the generation X right there, you know. <laughs> so, you know sometimes I, can... I call millennial sometimes, you know, the next one right there. So I get best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, thanks for hanging out and talking about friend with them, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me again. Hey, trivia fans. Did you know that on this crazy holiday calendar Joe's mom got me, today is apparently Professional Speakers Day and National Kids Day. Wait, Joe, why are we calling out Kids Day? I don't have any kids. Right, let's see. Um, Let me read here. It. Uh, what? It says here you think I act like a kid? Yeah, good one, Joe. I know you are, but what am I? While I 100% never act like a kid, I am the closest thing to a professional speaker this basement has ever seen. So, you know, that's in line. But one man whose birthday is today has made a fortune with his voice, and I've liked him since I was a kid. It's Bruce Dickinson, the front man for heavy metal group Iron Maiden. He's known for his amazing vocal range, which is agreed to be how many octaves? We'll have your answer as soon as I get done riffing my air guitar in a totally adult way. How about that trivia question, guys? Hey, for people new to the show, uh, we have a year-long trivia contest going on on Friday. We were just trying to figure out what the heck the score is because our producer, Karen, is between houses and she's helping me keep score. But I believe... And we'll probably have to change this next week. I believe the score right now is Len has 10, OG has 10, and Paula has nine. So it is tightening. And Stephanie, the good news is because Paula's in last place, that means you get to decide, are you going to guess first in the middle or last? Last. Wow, that is shocking. And then uh, Len, you, sir, get to choose. Will you be in the middle or go first? I'm going first because there can't be that many octaves, right? So <laughs> I thought maybe this one might, when Doug said that, I thought there might be a little change in strategy here. 
Might, this might, is like the barrel jumping question. <laughs> might try to jump over the jump over uh, this this answer. All right, OG. That means you go second. So Len, uh, the front man. You big Iron Maiden fan? Uh, not not really. No, I'm not. I'm sorry to say. But I think you for Bruce Dickinson croon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's put it this way. It's got to be either five or six. That's got to be it's one of those two. Uh, so I think Mariah Carey is five. Um, and so the question is, is Dickinson got a bigger range than Mariah Carey? I'm going to say because I'm just going to get OG. You got the other answer. I'm going to say it is. I'm going with six. I'm going with six, Joe. Stephanie's like, I was sure I should have gone last. Every other damn week you go last. It's the best place to go. Six for Mr. Penzo. What do you think in there, OG? OG thought there were 37 octaves. So I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so wait a minute. I'm glad that he Maybe said he'll... six. You grew up in Bay City, Michigan. Uh-huh. And you you didn't listen to Iron Maiden. What's that got to do with anything? Because I just think of I just think of Bay City, Michigan, and I think a lot of people listening to Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, okay. There's 88 keys on a keyboard, I think, right on a piano. So if you, an octave would be eight, so there's ten total, I think. And Len says six, so basically he can sing from really low to really high. So there's only one, uh, you know, like maybe two on either side. So basically, I got to take the over or the under. Stephanie will take the other. I'll take the over. I'll take seven. He's going with seven. I am remembering all those years of piano lessons I took, and I'm very glad Mrs. Ling will not be listening because she has passed on. Um, trying to picture my piano keyboard. I think six sounds pretty incredible. I'm going to go under that. I'm going to go 5.9. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Stephanie's first rodeo. On this one. We can use points. Uh, I don't know that it's going to matter. So we would love to tell you. Somebody hit it on the number then. What the uh, real answer is. But of course, we got to make you wait a minute. Well, if you're somebody like us, maybe not gallivanting around the country like I am. Oh, gee. But in one place, but busy as I'll get out like you are with the family and the financial planning practice, recording podcasts. You're already familiar with meal kits. Well, every plate, $2.99 a meal for three weeks. You can experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit. Get meals you'll enjoy in your bank account. It's going to love it because inexpensive, fresh, and delivered right to your door. In fact, Oh, gee, when the packaging, when the packaging came on our every plate meal, I was surprised to open it up because I've had other home delivery kits and I feel like I just waste tons and tons and tons of packaging. Like it's just packaging and type of packaging and type of packaging. Nope, not here. We had uh, just enough. I had all my vegetables together. I had all my spices together. I had all the meats together and easy to follow recipes. We've tried other ones in the past before. But what I appreciate about this one is uh, that the kids ate them without any complaints, which if you have any kids, you know how much of an accomplishment that is. <laughs> well, think about it this way. If you're somebody that, uh, you know, back when you used to work outside the home, you go get some coffee. 
Think about it this way. One meal, same price, OG, as one cup of coffee. Every plate dinners are also the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery. Plus, all the recipes come together in about 30 minutes. My son also uses every plate. The reason he likes it is because of the fact that he's busy not only with his full-time job, but also his side hustle fixing up houses. But he also likes mm-hmm. to cook. But instead of going to the grocery store and trying to pick out all the things for these meals, instead, it's all delivered to his door. It's all right there. They're easy to follow recipes and pre-portioned ingredients. Take the stress out of dinner time. Every plate does the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you, taking the time-consuming guesswork out of cooking. You don't have to buy more ingredients than you need because every plate's recipes come with everything already pre-measured. And every plate's constantly expanding their shipping zones. Check to make sure your zip code is included where they ship at checkout, but $2.99 a meal. My kind of pricing. Yeah. If I can get the same deliciousness at a lower price, that's a way to stack some Benjamins and get some food that you're going to love. Get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SB3. That's three weeks of every plate meals, only $2.99 by going to everyplate.com, enter code SB3, and you can also get delicious meals like we do delivered right to your door. So Stephanie, in a normal show, going last seemed to be a uh, an advantage, but you were able to grab 5.9, everything below six octaves. How are you feeling about that? I think that's the best way I could have gone. But Len, you, you were saying it was either five or six. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, like I said, unless I'm totally out, I'm sure Mariah carries five. But, you know, I don't think you'd be asking this question if it, if it wasn't really ridiculous. So that's why I went with six. And, uh, OG, you're on the seven train, which means he's a screamer. I have no idea. So, <laughs> Well, guess who does? Doug does. So, Doug, we're putting it in your, we'll call them capable hands for the day. What is, uh, what's our answer? Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back with your trivia answer. You know, being a professional speaker has its advantages. Not only do I receive all the free water I can drink here, but I also find that I can amaze fans by reciting word for word at the Sizzler these great jokes that our writer Taylor writes for me. Wait, that's, that is not funny, Taylor. Oh, wait, Taylor wrote that too. Get out of my head, Taylor! He wrote that too. I'm not a man. It appears I'm a machine just reading what other people put in my brain. In fact, according to these words, it looks like I'm being forced to read today's trivia answer. One man who's made millions from his voice is Iron Maiden vocalist Bruce Dickinson. How many octaves is he proficient in? While the average human range is two to maybe two and a half octaves, Bruce can sing flawlessly in four octaves. Get it right? Well, congratulations. All those years your mom said were a waste of time spent wailing in your bedroom with Iron Maiden, it finally paid off. You totally proved her wrong. See ya. What a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Four octaves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mr. Penzo, it's either five or six. Well, like I said, I think yes. you you're asking the question, you think it'd be something spectacular. Well, if the average is two to two and a half, four. No, I know. Four's good. You four, didn't four's, give us that information. <laughs> well, I wasn't, 
I don't think Doug's in the business of giving information. He'd have to go look it up, right? That's true. Stephanie, congratulations on the big win. I know you're going to remember that for maybe 36 hours, I would bet. (laughs) Glad to do it for Paula. (laughs) And Paula joins what may be a tie. We'll have to figure out what the score really is next week. Hey, uh, let's take out the magnifying glass and help people do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. Stephanie, when you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you know what happens? I do. (laughs) (laughs) She's looking at me like, do I have to prove it though? (laughs) Those financial products, Stephanie, people use every day, especially if they're at a brick and mortar bank, they're nowhere near best in class. Over 92% of the products available online Ranked head-to-head at Magnify Money, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money for more. By the way, they also have an award-winning blog over there, read by our friend Mandy Woodruff. Always something interesting going on at Magnify Money. In fact, we get asked all the questions all the time about savings account rates. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. They're always updating what the best savings account rates are on uh, nearly everything that's online. Uh, normally here we would magnify one person's money, but today we decided to have some fun because we have a crew here. And I wanted to ask you this question that I asked people hanging out with us on Twitter. And it was this speaking of iron maiden, what song best describes your finances? So when you think about your own money, Stephanie, what song would, uh, best describe you? Well, you know, it's 2020. It's been quite a year. Nobody knows what's coming down the future. So the one that came to mind for me was La Love It. It's all downhill from here. (laughs) Man, I hope so. (laughs) Tell me that's true. That is, that's awesome. Uh, OG, how about you? What song describes your finances? La Love It reference? (laughs) Heck yeah. Holy moly. Love me some Lyle. So uh, I saw Jimmy Buffett do a cover of uh of a Lyle Lovett song, which was really cool. The If I Had a Boat, yep. which is a really cool, really cool uh thing. Um what are we doing? What song best describes your finances? Let's see. Can I pass? Pass to Len. <laughs> you can pass to Len and we'll come back to you. Uh Len, how about your financial picture? Which uh which song? Well, Apologies for the for the dated reference, but it's Tom Petty. And with my, uh, you know, my precious metals and my mining stocks for all these years, I've been I've been suffering badly. So it's it's been the waiting by Tom Petty. (laughs) It's now now you are laughing, aren't you, Mr. Penzo? (laughs) Oh, it's been a good year there, Joe. It's been a very good year. You might be able to actually retire, Led. <laughs> yes, indeed. He's finally going to sell out of all of his uh, metals it's, and put it right back where it goes. And it's S&P been seven, and called it seven a. very long years, long, painful years. <laughs> and uh, OG, back to you. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Can't touch this by MC Hammer. <laughs> I have no idea. All I could think of, you mentioned Tom Petty and uh, there's this running joke in my family about the, uh, what's the song running down the dream. Yeah. Running down a dream. Yes. Running down a dream. Yeah. yeah. So for the longest time, the quote in our household, and I won't say which Mrs. OG thought it was this way, but um, she thought it was running down the drain. (laughs) 
And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it's definitely running down the drain. And I'm like, wait, that's not a Tom Petty song. <laughs> but it could be. And that, that could be the song of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, not knowing where we are from week to week, looking at my bank account lately, I would be that theme song from Lilo and Stitch Hawaiian roller coaster ride, you know, but just all <laughs> over the place. That's that is totally me. Uh, big thanks to everybody who played this game with us. Let's, let's share a few that, uh, people said some of these are just hilarious. Jim hanging out with us said it's hold on loosely is, is his song. Uh, wild Whitehall says, I got to admit it's getting better, better all the time by the Beatles. That's a good one. Uh, Rob Brown Vegas says save that money by little Dicky. Uh, I like Jimmy Humphrey. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> R.E.M. How about Elise Rickard, who says, this is me trying by Taylor Swift. This is me trying. That's good. That's a lot of uh, self-happiness, self-talk. Uh, Mick Mall Daddy says all the small things. Who? Uh, Mick Mall Daddy. <laughs> Mall Daddy? M-A-L. Is that the real name or is that like an alias? It's at Mick Mall Daddy. I have no idea. The uh, uh, everybody uses their real name on Twitter, that's right. <laughs> and you should know that by now. Everyone uses their real name, everybody. Mark Deal, who is at Big Deal 33, that's his real name. It's not really Mark, it's Big Deal 33. Uh, wow, he comes from a long line of deals. Big He's Deal says, Time is on my side. George uh, says, Welcome to the jungle. Cheap thrills from Sia is what Gleaning Sage says. And uh, what's another one? Oh, I like Coach Hartley's Fixing a Hole by the, yeah, by, there you go. By the Beatles. <laughs> Good <laughs> one. <laughs> Thanks for playing that, everybody. Uh, if you hang out with us on Twitter from time to time, we'll we'll talk about, you know, hard hitting stuff like that, guys. If you hang out with us at Average Joe Money. Hey, that's going to do it for today. Stephanie, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, it's been fun. It's it is about time we got you back. Uh, it has been too long. I hope it's not too long till the next time. We're going to actually, if you go last, uh, let's start off with OG. OG, what's going on this weekend at the OG residence? We are in the final countdown, thinking about songs of, uh, <laughs> of the um, of the summer vacation for the uh, OG three. Maybe uh, they maybe. They, oh no, they're. They're doing something. They're going somewhere. 18th. I don't even give a crap what. <laughs> they can just stand outside for eight hours a day. <laughs> it doesn't even matter to me. So, yeah, I don't think they really realize that they're in the final two weeks. But you yeah, do. So. But dad does. I sure do. Uh, who's counting? <laughs> I've only been home since March 3rd. So who's counting the hours for them to go away? Mr. Penzo, what's happening at lempenzo.com this weekend? Hey, one of my readers had a very tragic story, and I and she shared it with all of my readers. And what happened was her spouse skipped town and took every last penny in all of her oh. uh, accounts. I mean, cleaned her out, oh. and she talks about the whole experience. So it's a sad story, um, but it's a true story. And uh, if you want to know what happened and she gives some really good advice on how to make sure it doesn't happen to you, uh, stop on by lenpenzo.com. Wow. Holy cow. That just, that's horrible. Stephanie, follow that one. 
Well, I do have a webinar coming up. I've started to do a series on women in retirement, really kind of trying to dig into the the nitty gritty because, you know, whatever that that phase looks like, I mean, very few people want to sit on their rocking chairs for the rest of their lives, but they want to do something where they're not forced to work for money. So how do you think about that? So free webinar coming up on sophiafinancial.com slash webinar. Slash webinar. And we'll link to that, everybody, on our show notes page at Stacky Benjamins. Good time to be doing that, by the way. You know, we, we follow that Stephen Covey advice, sharpen the saw. Good time to be doing that, Stephanie. Thank you. Uh, that's going to do it for today, guys. Thanks again to everybody for playing. Thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from our roundtable team. Self-care, that's financial care. Go treat yourself to some savings and not spending every dollar you earn. That's the pampering we're all seeking. Second, how about the team from Million Stories? Check them out and show off their videos to your friends. You'll be spreading financial literacy before you know it. But the big lesson? Before you go telling Joe's mom you're a professional speaker and not at all childlike, remember that she still has the power to ground you, no matter what age. Looks like I'm not getting my El Camino keys back before I wash the windows. This house is a prison on planet bullcrap. Big thanks to Stephanie from Sophia Financial for joining us on the roundtable. You can find Stephanie's new podcast at TakeBackRetirement.com or we'll have a link on our show notes page at StackingBenjamins.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of LenPenzo.com and TheAngelOfDarkness.com. This show is created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just jumped the shark. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. I saw a video today on NBC News. Uh, this is out of uh, Russia. The video is from a security camera, and it is a Russian teen soccer player struck by lightning during training. The piece says, 
teammates at his Moscow club feared the worst when they saw Ivan Zaborowski hit by a bolt of lightning and knock unconscious, but he survived with just a small burn on his chest where he was wearing a chain. In fact, in the video footage, it just, he's standing there and then there's a poof and uh, I mean, just really quick poof. And then the kid's laying on the ground and everybody ran over and it turned out that he was okay. And it makes me think about these weather situations that happen. I'm wondering if any of you have had any brushes with severe weather or had a time when you thought, man, this is, uh, this, this could be, uh, could be not great. Anyone? When I was a kid, we spent weekends down on a small sailboat in the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland, right? We didn't have a beach house. We didn't do the lake house thing. We went on this sailboat. And I remember one night, it's a very clear kind of video in my mind. My brother and I were down below. A squall came through. My father was steering the boat. My mother was running around. There was, you know, thunder, lightning, huge wind. So it was scary. But the worst part was when it was all over, our dinghy, which is a little boat that, you know, trails behind the big boat that we used to get to play in. That was kind of my brother and my domain was gone, sank, filled with water. The line broke, gone. Compl- so it was terrifying and it was a trauma. Wow. I can't imagine those waves, by the way. You know, the bay is not terribly bad because it's kind of a smaller body of water, but uh, they can get up there. Was it on the, and, and not to be too morbid, but was it, was it on the Potomac or on the, in Chesapeake Bay where that mom and her son were playing and they lost their ball and they decided to go out in a kayak to get it and they both drowned uh, just a couple months ago? Uh, uh, yeah. 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 No, I have that, a, a high school friend who was fishing many years ago and out in the bay, never found him. Yeah, that so was water. Water is dangerous. My cousin on Lake Michigan, that happened. He and his friend, uh, oh. both both went out. And by the way, they knew that it was. Uh, there were advisories. They were told not to go out, and they still went out anyway. And um, and and didn't come back. My dad was golfing one time. He's got this. He has uh, slightly less hair than I have, and he has this like rim of hair. And and he was standing on a green, and this storm kind of came out of nowhere. And he said, all of a sudden, just the little hairs on the top of his head all stood up and he started to walk off the green fast because he got this really weird feeling and lightning hit right where he was when he was maybe 50 feet away. Oh. Yeah. Turned around and, and lightning hit. And yeah. Yeah. Very, very strange. Uh, OG. I don't know that I've had any brushes with it, but um, but flying around in bad weather is kind of interesting. You know, obviously you don't fly anywhere near it, but uh, just the perspective that you have from higher up, you can see much further. And it's it's really weird to like see off in the disc. And you're like, wow, that is that is really bright lightning. And then you look it up on a map and it's like 100 miles away. Oh, you know? yeah. Flying home from Texarkana the other day when when the basement was in Texarkana for the day. <laughs> uh, I did. I had to go from. All the way up into Arkansas. I saw you had a long, to, you had a long, around it. much yeah. longer flight back. It's okay. It's much safer than flying through a thunderstorm. So I, I remember being on a flight, uh, Southwest Airlines flight from Detroit to Phoenix. And there were these huge, uh, you know, cumulo, these big thunderheads and lightning just um, in the clouds uh, from yeah. cloud formation to cloud formation. I'll tell you what. It was very much, you know, I went back but because I was also just out of college and one of my last classes was an elective and I took like a Greek history class 
And I was thinking about, you know, Zeus, <laughs> just, the, just the watching the lightning go back and forth. It was, it was, it was an amazing spectacle. Mr. Penzo, any uh, shaking of the bunker or anything? Well, I'll share a story. This was, oh, 15 years ago, probably, maybe a little more. Uh, I was on the job. I was actually, there was a group of us. There was about six of us. Um, we were on a military base, very high security installation in southeast Wyoming, the plains of Wyoming. And where we were going, there were a couple of these called man traps where you have guys with the uh, with the you know, machine guns or, or their rifles, I should say. Um, and they're checking you. I mean, they're checking you out. What kind of story are you get... talking about with machine <laughs> guns <laughs> in <laughs> Wyoming? Not, mach not machine guns, but uh, they had their rifles, right? Whatever, whatever they are, the M1s or whatever they use today. You know, they, these guys aren't messing guns, around. Though. And they're, no, well, no, they're not machine guns. Misspoke. Okay. But there was like five or six of us and we were going through these man traps and where they, you know, you go in these, their stages and they're checking you out and they're, they're, they're searching you, making sure you don't have anything. You're not taking anything in or out. And it's kind of a slow process. So that, like I said, there's, there's a group of us, six of us, and we're in the middle of this process. And all of a sudden the sirens, the, the tornado siren goes off. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So, and remember now we're in this fenced in man trap area. We're being searched by the, you know, these big burly military guards, you know, they're searching us and the alarms go, you know, the, the sirens going off and, and, you know, I'm like, is that the, is that the tornado siren? And they're the guys are like, yeah, that is. And they point to me over my shoulder. There is a funnel cloud coming down. Now it wasn't right there, but you could see the funnel cloud coming down. I'd say it was probably five, 10 miles from us, but you could definitely, you could, it was close relatively. And you could see this thing coming down and we're like, well, let's go. And the, and the, the military guy, they're like, no, we have to finish the procedure. Oh my we goodness. Go through the, there's, there's six of us, five or six. I can't remember. And oh my God, is this the most terrifying <laughs> period? <laughs> it's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Anyways, we, we got through it. You know, the thing didn't touch down, but I mean, I, I just, I needed a new pair of underwear after that because I really thought we could be doomed. <laughs> well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.